For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to bleed and resist, was on the 9th of June. 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus for and she was heavy laden Away we went to Lang Collinwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Oh land, you shouldn't have seen us gunning Hashing a bunch of Lang the road just to save us gunning There were lots of lads and lassies there Always smiling faces Gunning along the Scotswood Road To the scene of Bladen races Welcome back, everyone. Episode 158 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. We had a week off, essentially, because of COVID-19, but it seems like we are back. And we'll talk all about that. Uh, We'll preview our match against West Brom, which seems to be happening. We'll talk about the COVID situation within the club. And then uh, we'll obviously give an update on how myself and Elijah are doing because it's been a week since you've heard from us, which is way too long. So let's bring him in, the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are you doing? And do you have COVID? Unreal. No. What? Uh, oh, okay. I guess that's like it, it makes sense because Newcastle. But like, no, I yeah. don't have COVID. Good. good. <laughs> I'm booing. I'm, I'm, I'm out here. This this podcast. Yeah, we. Well, uh, maybe it depends on if I was asymptomatic, but. But yeah. I see the joke. I, I respect it. Um, shout out to my girlfriend. It was her birthday yesterday. Oh. I guess two days ago from this podcast. Shout out. So shout out. Shout out to Haley in Lebanon. She's probably never going to listen to this podcast, like ever. Yeah, but she can't say that you didn't shout her out ever. I mean, I shout her out important. multiple times. It's yeah, that's true. the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. You have receipts. I'll actually probably not even be able to record until like probably like mid January because you know she's coming back next Saturday and after that I'm whipped like I'm I'm probably just gonna be I'm just done like there's yeah. nothing I, I don't have a social life after that so we're we're gonna be looking for a co-host another best yeah. co-host yeah one of my friends is uh he has a he and I have a I wouldn't say he and I have this but he has a sport media company that I'm working on with him and he wants to shoot some content in Atlanta next weekend. So he's going to be here for SEC championship. He's like, Hey dude, I already got us tickets to the Falcons bucks game on Sunday. Like what time do you want to meet up to go to? And I was like, dude, it's, it's not going to be me going to this Falcons. Bucks game. <laughs> like it's girlfriend comes back Saturday night. What do you think I'm doing Sunday? Like, he's like, Oh yeah, you're right. Good call. But yeah. You know, and the sacrifices we make. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of things are coming back for you because Newcastle United is, is going to be back, and I know mm. that's that's heavy in your heart. Dude, honestly, back. it was so nice having a weekend that was truly stress free. Like there was no <laughs> agony, there was nothing, there's no like no stomach yeah. twisting. It was nice. It was like, oh wow, like oh, this is enjoyable. Like we could just live our I- lives. <laughs> <laughs> Greg read a marathon. That's how stress-free the weekend was for him. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was long. There's a lot of miles in that marathon, but I did it. Mm. I did it. Uh, yeah, let's uh, – oh, 
not only happy birthday to Haley, but happy yeah. birthday to Newcastle United. This the, on December 9th, 128 years ago, this club was born from the ashes, from the yes. darkness. This club rose mm-hmm. and achieved glory. My favorite, uh, my favorite reply to the Newcastle 128th birthday tweet is, of course, um, from our good friend. Uh, I'm sure this is Burnsy, uh, mouth at the time. Um, I think we've determined that it's him. Uh, 115 years of ambition followed by 13 years of shit. Hashtag uh-huh. NFC. <laughs> Which I, I don't think the math is checked out because I'm pretty sure last season we were saying Mike Ashley's owned the club for 13 years, but I don't know. But I just thought it was a, that was a funny good job, Burnsy. That was good. Yeah, leave it, laugh. leave it to him. Yeah, leave it to him. <laughs> that, that's actually great. <laughs> um, Elijah, do you have a favorite uh, Newcastle memory? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to pick one favorite, but first one that comes to mind to tell Newcastle thank you for that moment. I, I think the, the day Miggy was signed, because that was – well, the day he was like – it was confirmed that he was going to be here because that also was just like the two one city win, which was just like everyone like they were, it was Newcastle was at a true low point on the fan base and like arguably like not even table wise, but like just like everyone was kind of over it and mm-hmm. Rafa was not happy. The fans weren't happy. Uh, there was going to be a sit in. Everyone was super excited about. And then like the Mickey thing happens literally like, 30, 40 minutes before the match. And, like, the entire tune of everything changes. And as you guys know, Miguel Moro is probably one of my favorite players in the world. So that was cool. And then we won. We beat Man City. Yeah. That Fragiola's team. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy moment. And then everybody was like, yo, Miguel Amaron's about to make that team a powerhouse. And we're like, yeah, maybe. Uh yeah, that was tough. He uh, did. He had an insane amount of expected goals and like changes created. No, expected assists and like changes created. Like in that first like two months <laughs> under Rafa. <laughs> what what could have been? Um, let's talk about COVID. Let's talk about COVID. Something that hasn't been talked about a lot this year. COVID nineteen. Yeah, never heard of it. Um, the it looks like it's going to happen. The match, uh, but we'll we'll talk about what everything that led up to it. Um, so before the COVID outbreak at Newcastle, it was Dubrovka, Dummett, Gale, Lascelles, Hayden, Kraft, Fraser, Carroll, and Saint Maximin. Uh, they all missed due to uh, the match against Crystal Palace. Due yeah, to like, uh, a ton of reasons, like whatever, maybe injuries, could have been COVID. We don't know. Um, so those are the players that were out last match. But uh, so to keep keep an eye on that, because it hasn't been said uh, as to who it is. We can speculate, but it hasn't been given away. But either way, there was a COVID-19 outbreak at the club. And our match against Aston Villa was canceled in case you've been living in Iraq, under Iraq. And um, it's definitely the biggest outbreak that the Premier League has seen. And it's the first match that was affected due to a COVID-19 outbreak. 
uh, in this start of the season. So uh, a lot going on in the Northeast. Elijah, do you want to, do you have stuff to recap about kind of what? Yeah. Um, I'd say the, the big things to note, probably Luke Edwards revealed that it's 12 players that we know of first team players that have the, 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 the virus which is a lot of players. So um, we'll have a, we'll actually probably have a very good idea of who actually um, like has COVID-19 or has it, or needs to quarantine afterwards or whatever, based on the West Brom lineup, which makes our job as, I don't know what to say a job, but our, our duties as podcast hosts, all the more difficult because like Newcastle has been very hush hush about the whole thing. Um, Steve Bruce has been very forward. Um, He talked to press last week saying he's not going to release the names or do anything to kind of like um, like allude to who's out due to COVID, things like that. And the clubs kind of followed suit. Um, I don't think that they released the picture. I'll have to double check, but I don't think they released pictures from training today. They announced that Newcastle returned to group sessions like Tuesday and they did full training today on Wednesday and we're recording. Um, and uh, the only thing we do know is Cal Molson was in training. So that's, Honestly, yeah. the only thing that matters. I was telling Greg before this, like, you know, there's only really one player anyone's actually worried about, like, missing due to COVID-19 or anything. It's Colin Wilson. Like, that's seven out of our 12 goals have come from him. Um, and he's kind of been able to work with uh, absolutely nothing and turn absolutely nothing into a goal. So that's always reassuring. Um, but, you know, it really doesn't matter who else has it. It, it really doesn't. Like, you could say, like, oh, yes, it sucks if McGonagall or Alan St. Max would have it. But, like, neither one of them have been particularly outstanding this season. Uh, Miguel started off hot, has been pretty not great the past two matches. Alan St. Maxman has been pretty not great this whole season. The midfield has not looked good at all in any match whatsoever this season. I mean, I guess Crystal Palace, it looked fine. Um, back line is the back line. So, I don't, I don't know, like – Whatever. Yeah, the big the big lookout is the so on Friday the U23s are playing Stoke City, and I'm going to be looking very closely to that lineup because if certain players like some of the better U23 players are missing from that lineup, probably means that they're going to be playing the first team the next day. Pretty good chance. So that's that's what I'm going to be looking out for. Um, so if like a Yannick Torre isn't in there or a Elliot Anderson or that's 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 a sign to me that there's still some first team players that won't be named. So we'll be looking out Friday when that first team selection or sorry, the U23's team selection gets published. I mean, I don't even know if that game's going to play. We, we still don't know. But if, yeah, it, if it does go through, we'll, we'll have somewhat of an idea. Yeah, and the only thing I would add is, like, people were big mad today because Newcastle only details they released to kind of, like, confirm. And that's a term that's used very loosely here is that they announced the match referee this weekend and fans are like, just tell us if the match is going to happen. And, like, truth be told, like, no one knows if it's going to happen. Like, like Look, the number they, is 12 now and it – They're announcing the match referee. What do you mean is the match going to happen? Like, it's – like. <laughs> That this is the referee for the match. Yeah. 
And like, it's like, what do you mean? It's like, and, it's, it. if, and you can't just like straight up say our match is going to be played because there is still that unknown, but yeah. like all signs point to it being played. Um, and at this point, like there's, there's, there's not a lot of leeway. It seems like you said with the U23s, you'll kind of see, like, I don't, I don't think there's that leeway with the Premier League anymore because nobody really wants to keep postponing matches. It just makes things difficult for everyone, especially in, in England where there's, there's two cup competitions alongside uh, Premier League scheduling alongside other teams. And again, none of the teams Newcastle will have to play, um, have to deal with this, but alongside other teams that are playing Europe, it's just, it's just so much to, to deal with. Um, so I think this match just goes on, um, which kind of leads to our next point, Greg, uh, this past weekend, we did see some fans returning to matches uh, which was teased mostly in London. A lot of really interesting scenes. Uh, Mark Douglas pointed this out. Harrogate Town had Harrogate Town. Uh, I think their League Two side. Uh, they five thousand uh, seat capacity in their stadium, but because they're in that London esque area or like they're they're in some particular zone. Um, I don't think it's London, whatever tier. No, they're not in London. Yeah, yeah, they're in whatever tier. Like they're able to have two thousand fans at their match, which makes no sense because the capacity of the stadium is 5,000 and Mark Douglas brought this up. It's like, I mean, there has to be a different way to do this because like 2000 people in a 52,000 person stadium, such as St. James park is definitely a better, like it's much safer, safer. than two, it's two, percentage. Yeah, Just, like it's yeah. literally common sense. Like do it by percent. Like yeah, tier, and they, they tier really one sh- is 5% or I mean, sorry, tier one is what? 50, 10%. Tier two is eight percent. Tier three is five percent, or something. I don't know. Or yeah, or just I think tier three or just leave it up to like kind of the team's discretion. I would say that's kind of what or you cannot you cannot enter the stadium unless you have a vaccine. Well, that's they no that won't. It's not that's not a real solution. It was a joke. (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, so that that's happened. There's there's people who are claiming home field advantage, like they're like. Leeds lost this past weekend because the fans were there. Mm. No, Leeds lost because they played a team that was good. Like that, that is why that, that, they, that was going to be three, one regardless. Um, so it's been some mixed results. Of course, the one everyone's talking about is Millwall, I believe is the, mm-hmm. the supporters that booed players kneeling uh, before the match. Uh, again, not the best look. Uh, they're getting dunked on for it. I mean, not Millwall, a great week. Millwall and best look don't usually coincide so that makes yeah. sense yeah so again no surprises there and no, not a surprise that the Millwall supporters are feeling like they're going to do the same thing again you know when they play again next so like again no surprise that uh this is occurring um but yeah so fans are back and um should affect Newcastle in the next few matches um I, I want to say I'd have not to this up, one though wanna, well, not in this one, but I want to say I, I think the the city matches in a way match and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it it will be something that we continue to discuss. Uh, but hopefully, everyone's still being safe out there. Please, please continue doing that. Uh, we're gonna take a break, and then I want to preview our match against West Brom. Do you do you want to do that with me? Sure. Okay, let's do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. 
Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Elijah, I think we have a contest, one, where Newcastle will be the favorite. That's the first thing. The second thing is uh, Newcastle guaranteed to have a better kit than West Brom. Yes. And three is I'm willing to bet that more people in the world could find Newcastle on a map than West Brom. Yes. And I also would say that I would be willing to bet that probably total this match is going to have like total viewers in general around the world. This match will probably have less than a million. It will be the supporters of West Brom and Newcastle watching this one. Like literally that's it. Like, yeah, that, that's that is it. This is, oh man, this is going to be a one for the ages. Neither team <laughs> not particularly known for scoring a lot of goals. Um, but, you know, West Brom has not looked great. They look like a no. championship in the Premier League team. It's our in the Premier League. Uh, they've got a, a couple key injuries that could definitely hold them back uh, this match. And, and Newcastle, it, I think it's going to be an, a really bad match because, again, 12 players, like, it's a lot of players. And obviously, I, 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 I'm serious when I say, like, Calum Wilson not being one of those players is big for Newcastle. But when you add that with the amount of injuries that already, like, were rumored to be having in Newcastle, and we have no idea the status of, like, Alan St. Maximin or uh, Ryan Fraser or um, Jamal LaSalle, like some of these players who like we kind of physically saw get injured. It does get kind of interesting when you look at like, are we going to be playing like U23 players? Is it going to be a Fernandez share? Is it going to be a Fernandez Clark? Is it going to be uh, Jamal Lewis? Like it's, you don't know what Newcastle is going to field. And Steve Bruce, as we know, and we kind of discussed last week his entire strategy for his tactics seemed to be uh, put out the better lineup. And so, like, there's a chance Newcastle put out a lineup that is equal or worse than West Brom's lineup, and we have to actually employ legitimate tactics, which I don't know if we can actually do. So uh, that'll be something to see. Yeah, yeah. So this one – so West Brom sits in 19th in the Premier League, the only – team they've beaten is in 20th in the Premier League. That's Sheffield. They beat them one nothing, uh, And they have terrible, atrocious away form. Just some stats for you on this one. Is they it, on the road you have to go back to April of 2018. The, the, what, which is the last time they've collected Premier League away points. Which is, I know that's kind of iffy because you know they had they were in the championship last year, but yeah. uh, it also shows you that they haven't gotten another three. They haven't won on the road since they've been up, but they've been they've been beaten four of the five away matches they've played. Their only point was a one-one draw at Brighton, um, and they all, they've only scored three goals in all of those in those five games on the road. Uh, the only team to not score a, at least one goal against them in this first 11 is Burnley. Um, that's the only team that they've been able to shut out. So chances are we'll score a goal. Um, they, they're, they're bad. Bad. 
and, and um, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, we, I, do you want to talk about like some of the, the pieces they might be missing? That yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, Let's talk about Perea. So Perea's out. Uh, he, he picked up a, re- he's out on like red car suspension. Three up, games. Uh, a, yeah. Picked up a late red uh, in the last match. Not good. Terrible for West Brom because uh, like, Jeez, I mean, there are they're level on points with uh, Burnley, and that's you know it's just not a good sign for them. Burnley's got the game in hand as well, uh, and then I mean I would say they're in danger of being in twentieth, but they just aren't because Sheffield has one point, which is just that is sad, man. Yeah. That is so sad because they were so good last year, like it's insane. Um, I have to watch this TIFO video about like why they're so bad. I think that part of it is definitely Dean Henderson is really good. And I don't know if he was undervalued, but definitely overpriced for like what Sheffield could afford. But anyway, uh, yeah. So Perea is out. Uh, he's provide, he's basically responsible for, um, geez. Wow. Of their eight goals, he's got three, goal contributions he got one goal and two assists probably their most dangerous player in attack and then also uh Robson Cotto's out who is a solid player for them has been kind of a mainstay of the team he's out until late December Towns is out Livermore's out Fields out so they've, they're missing a couple pieces but Perea is probably the the one that's gonna really be frustrating because that almost I wouldn't say guarantees but it certainly like makes it difficult for them to generate any sort of offense yeah also you'll have it looks like kieran gibbs will be back he was on the bench last week it looks like he'll be back playing and jake livermore is apparently nearing a return for them so i don't even i'll be honest like i don't even know who jake livermore is (laughs) so there's that connor gallagher is a beast though i Good for him. Oh, I know who Jake Livermore is. I just looked him up. Yeah, you do, but it's okay. Uh, Connor Gallagher. Hall City he's... guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, well, how, how does Newcastle win this game, Elijah? Um, it, it's really tough to say with all the injuries. Um, yeah. I mean, and tough we know that Steve Steve Bruce is, is not going to give them any sort of, like, way to – to like win, but they just have to impose and, and kind of like they did it with Crystal Palace, continue to to press the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it always looked like in that Crystal Palace nice. that Newcastle were eventually going to score. Um, I think they have to do a better job of of scoring those girls those goals earlier. Uh, yeah. They created like three or four chances in the first half, and none of them resulted in goals. You have to put some of those in the back of the net. Um, so. It'll be interesting to see. I really do hope we see another Joel Linton, Callum Wilson uh, kind of like yes. pairing. I think it'd be good. Yes. Um, and I I could also see it happening because there's a chance that one of the two dynamic wingers Newcastle signed uh, that – oh, sorry, one of the three dynamic wingers well, – two of the three dynamic wingers Newcastle have are just going to be injured uh, in terms of Ryan Fraser, Al- uh, Alison Maxman, and Like, There's a chance that – Two out of those three or all three of them are not going to be playing this match for various reasons. Fraser's obviously injured. Allison Maxwell apparently is injured. He could have COVID. Miguel Amron could have picked up COVID. Who knows? Uh, so if you can put uh, Joel Linton in a position to be effective, uh, and we know Calum Wilson is going to be effective, I think that's kind of all you need to score one or two goals, which, as you said, it's based on 
their recent history, West Brom, the, the writing is on the wall for them to give up at least a goal. They gave up five to Crystal Palace last week, which, again, Newcastle beat Crystal Palace. And Crystal Palace didn't look good uh, in that match at all. And granted, they had Zaha back for this one, but... And they're up on the end. Yeah, and they were up, man, but still, uh, it, that's kind of the level we're dealing with with West Brom. And I don't want to, like, undersell them because I could definitely see Newcastle blowing this in some sort of way, but my my gut's telling me this is going to be, like, a, a, a solid outing for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, it's going to go into 538. They are very bullish on Newcastle's chances despite the COVID uh, issues they have Newcastle with a 52% chance of winning, a 27% chance of a draw, and a 21% chance of losing. So 538 saying Newcastle is walking away with three points. And let's get into prediction time because I also will be saying that. I don't care about COVID. Newcastle wins okay. this comfortably 2 nothing. Um, man, it's it's tough because Perea was essentially like a winger who's played striker for them because they cannot figure out how to get goals. So yeah. like it no really that is such more than two goals. That is really such a big loss for them. Like mm-hmm. so, but part of me just feels like the the COVID outbreak is worse than we think. And I could see Newcastle with the younger back line or something like that. Because, I mean, that I say you're not worried about certain areas because I think the midfield, I think we're okay there. Um, like, obviously, Jeff Hendricks, a passenger. Maybe, you know, maybe it's good if he sits out a match. I'm not saying it's good Jeff Hendricks get COVID. I'm just saying maybe it's good if he's not particularly in the picture this weekend. Um, but, like, when you look at the back line – I don't know what Newcastle does if Jamal Lewis has has COVID nineteen and Javi Mankio. Like it's like, what do we do there? Or or if two or more center backs have it. It's like oh, like you're in a sticky situation. I could see Newcastle easily giving up a goal, like a a really bad defensive mistake goal, which is pretty much half the goals we've given up this season have been just pure <laughs> mistakes, not even yeah. shape, just like straight up mistakes. I could definitely see that happening against West Brom and people being really upset about it and it happening in like the 70th minute. Um, so I think it's going to be a 2-1 win for Newcastle, not 2-0. Okay. I wanted to go 1-1 draw, but then I, in the back of my head, I was like, wait, Newcastle United are one of the best teams in the Premier League at scoring in the last 10 minutes and also at giving up goals in the last 10 minutes, but mostly scoring in the last 10 minutes. So, like, even if they, they're down to – like, it's, like, almost a guarantee that if they score, it's going to be in the last 10 minutes of a match. So I'm giving them <laughs> that, that two-goal bump. Yeah, if you remember from the stats of the Crystal Palace match, we went through the goals scored by Callum Wilson this season, all seven, and they've all come, like, after, like, the 55th minute. Uh, and a lot of – and I think half of them or one lesser one over half of them have come within the last like 10 minutes essentially of, of the game. So pretty, pretty crazy stats. Um, I think we've only scored two goals this season in the first half. Mm. Wild. 
Uh, all right. Well, that's that's a quick preview. But like we would give you more, but we literally don't know who's available and who's not. So there's no sense in playing yeah. around with it. Yeah, like there's <laughs> nothing we can. I, I will say, it's, it's, I, it would uh, literally be a waste of time to do that. <laughs> if Joe Linton plays, he's scoring. That's my prediction. Ooh. I'll tell you that. Yeah. There we go. Let's get right. those if, those hot takes. If rolling. Darlo plays, he's getting an assist. <laughs> oh, okay. What? <laughs> Okay. I, I was just saying that's my full take. Okay. Uh, All right. It's, a, it's bold. Because of that hot take and the amount of whiskey I've been drinking, let's take a break. Sound mm. good? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip, and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, we have BS. Wait. Yeah, wait. This is before we do BS meter. I have a question. Is Christian Atsu still on the team? I, yeah. Oh, interesting. Like, I I just thought he, like, I don't, I don't know. We haven't heard from him. He, I don't think he's played in like U23 matches. That's why the only reason I ask is like, just feel like I haven't heard the name Christian Atsu at all. This I'm, season, like I'm in general, just, like uh, but we didn't. I definitely don't wait, remember him getting sold or anything. He's not, huh? No, he he is. He's not. He's on Newcastle. I don't think it was named. Oh in the yeah, yeah I have it here. I have it here. Okay, okay. His contract <laughs> expires in twenty twenty one. So this this June. Hey, um, I'm just gonna say this. We're in a bind, Greg. I'm painting the picture. We're in a bind here. Atu, and... Lazar, and Saive. Yes. And Rolando oh, Aarons. Maybe may, I don't think about Rolando Aarons because I think that like like I'm I'm guessing that out of the four wingers, five wingers Newcastle have between Richie, Jacob Murphy, Almiron, and uh, <laughs> like Alex and Max, like at least one of those guys is going to be healthy. So we'll only need Christian Atsu to play this weekend. But yeah. oh man, I would I would love it if we saw a little bit of Christian Atsu action. Oh my gosh, I don't know about Henry Saive, but oh my gosh, I'd love that. It, I think Greg, I think I would have to like get an Akraf Lazar tattoo if he makes the bench this weekend. Mm. Oh my gosh, I said that out loud. Damn it! Yeah, That's not a smart thing by me. <laughs> All right, uh, Christian Atsu is still a player. That's that's fun to think about. Uh, BS meter is what we'll do next. Take it away, Elijah. Yeah, um, I guess the first part is really more of an update on players we've mentioned in the past. As we we all know, it gets it gets busy uh, around these times with the BS meter. Uh, the winter congested uh, like schedule always, and plus January window coming up makes for busier and longer podcasts, mainly because of the BS meter. Uh, Jetro Williams, we got a little bit of update with him. Uh, So we mentioned that there was interest uh, from the Frankfurt side to potentially reunite him with Newcastle. Jetro Williams has been very open about wanting to return to Newcastle, like really open, like mentioning it in interviews, like very like, hey, Newcastle, I'll, I'll come back to you if you have me. And Frankfurt has been trying to sell him to Newcastle. That's kind of the rumor on the cheap. Uh, yeah. And we got a little bit of an update that 
does tip the odds in Newcastle's favor a little bit more. Uh, a couple days ago, it was revealed that Jetro Williams, and I think the Chronicle had this scoop, shout out to them, uh, Jetro Williams has denied his contract extension at Frankfurt, uh, making him not only a, a like very cheap uh, for Newcastle to get in a sort of like January uh, kind of buy situation, yeah. um, but also makes him available to for them to approach on a contract kind of expiry for the summer. They can kind of negotiate with him directly uh, and and sign him in the summer. Uh, negotiate those deals ahead of time, which is good. The other kind of big news, uh, I know we talked about Phil Jones months ago. Um, I think that's who it is, the Man United player. I think that, yeah, yeah, it's Phil Jones. That's his name. Um, and uh, tomorrow we've talked about a ton of both of those, uh, just a little bit of, of um, like, I don't know. There's definitely more chatter about both of them. Um, especially as both of them are going to be available on loan. Um, I think in the summer when we were linked to loaning in either one of them, Tamori still had played a lot of matches for Chelsea uh, in the project restart and Phil Jones uh, last minute that the old gunner was saying, Oh, maybe he could uh, make, make an appearance or two uh, for Manchester United this season. Manchester United is not having the season that they thought they would. Phil Jones has not been called upon very split uh, kind of decision on uh, Phil Jones within the fan base because he is older and not very yeah. good. Uh, but Tamori is someone to be excited about. And if Newcastle make a loan move for a defensive player, Tamori would be my my vote. And that looks fairly likely given the relationship Newcastle has with Chelsea and his availability. But let's get on to the actual BS meter, Greg. I have one for you, uh, an old name that we haven't heard in a while. James Tavernier. Of course, current captain of Cel- uh, not Celtic, wow, of Rangers. Oh. That would have been bad. Uh, yeah. Over in Rangers, uh, current captain of Rangers, right back, uh, can play a little bit of center back as well. Um, Newcastle have been linked to potentially doing a reunion with him, as you know, uh, Newcastle youth legend. But this season, for right back, some solid-ass numbers. 16 appearances, 10 goals, and 7 assists, which is absurd for a fullback in any league. I'm not going to lie. That's ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, I just, I just don't see it. I like, I think people might be mad at this, but why would somebody leave Rangers to come here? I'm not saying Rangers is better, but like, you're going to have a chance at winning your league. You're going to play in Europe. And you've already been here. It didn't work out. We let you go. So, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Like, he has other suitors. Like, he's already been here. He's seen it. Like, why Why would he come back to it? I could see him leaving Rangers because, one, he's he's been there quite some time at, at like, a well, not eh, yeah. He's been there about five years, yeah. so he's had the Rangers European experience. What he has not really had, though, is that Premier League experience outside of Newcastle. Like he played at Wigan, played at Bristol, not in the Prem. Um, not a, he played at Rotherham, played at Shrewsbury. So I think as someone who is English and born, and uh, I think he's born in Bradford. I think obviously the goal for a lot of English players is the dream is to play in the Premier League for a team that's somewhat decent. So I could see him returning to Premier League. Will that be with Newcastle? 
I don't know. Doesn't make I, I sense for Newcastle. Leeds is heavily linked with them too. Yeah, it it doesn't make sense for Newcastle to go after this player. Not really, because um, right back is a, I don't I don't know I I don't think right back's a position of need for Newcastle. I think there's a lot of like solid options at right back. If Newcastle were to sign a right back, I would want them to sign like a right back that is clearly just better than Javi Mankio and uh and in like uh, Jacob Murphy, I guess, if you want to put him in there, or Emil Kraft, that is younger, and it makes sense that we bought this player. Right now, it doesn't make sense to buy a 29-year-old James Tavernier um, to play right back ahead of players that are just younger than him, like Emil Kraft's younger than him. Like So it just doesn't make sense to do that. Uh, and for that reason, I think that this is probably like very much a thing. Like I could see Newcastle very much interested in bringing him back. I could see Steve Bruce very much interested in bringing James Tavernier into the side because of his mindset of having like players that are like better than the opposition's players. That's his whole mindset. So I could see it happening for that reason alone. But if he's linked to other clubs like a Leeds or something like that, I, I could see it, him choosing to sign elsewhere. I mean, there's no reason to kind of go back to Newcastle, as you said. Um, moving on to the next player, uh, Gaten Laborde. Um, this is an interesting, interesting one for for a lot of us because this is a, a name I haven't really heard in a while. I barely see it in FIFA, and that's how and you know me. I'm a big FIFA guy. 26 year old uh, player who's currently playing at uh, Montpellier. Uh, and in the French league in league, uh, he's got three goals, five assists, uh, 10 million pound move um, linked with us and a, a couple of other clubs. It's a weird one for me, Greg. I don't know about you. It just, this is the one time where I'm like, we don't really need any strikers in Newcastle. So uh, <laughs> it's just, that's why it's a weird one for me. Yeah. I wonder if it's a situation where like it's a, a wonderful St. Maximin connection. I have no idea. I'm just wondering. I, the but only way I can this, see this, this happening one is seem like it would fit to me. Yeah, the only one, the only way I can see this happening is Newcastle extend Dwight Gale and then sell him to a championship club, and they're looking for a replacement. Which, by the way, Athletic great reporting as we've mentioned thousands of times. Uh, they wrote about uh, kind of players on their free contracts and something to note for Newcastle Florin Lejeune and Dwight Gale both have contracts set to expire. I mean, there's also like Alcroft Lazar and Chris and, and Jacob, but like, yeah, Jacob Murphy, Florin Lejeune and Dwight Gale. Those are the names I'd pay attention to as we get closer to January, because I'd oh, imagine a two out of those three are going to get extended. And Newcastle would be ridiculously stupid not to extend Jacob Murphy. Um, not yeah, well yeah that, and also not to extend Dwight Gale, especially Dwight Gale, because last summer, not last summer, last winter, uh, in the winter window of last season, Dwight Gale was available for twenty million pounds, and like that was a deal that was almost done. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a deal that should get done this winter. Like if Dwight Gale is, is if someone's coming in for an offer for Dwight Gale in January, you take it because like. There, uh, you have Calum Wilson, and if Calum Wilson doesn't work out, Joe Linton is serviceable. And at this point, Newcastle hopefully would have done enough to make it make him not panic. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I just don't. Yeah, between Joe Linton, even Andy Carroll, and Calum Wilson, I just don't see the need. Like we, we can get, we can do so much more with ten mil at different positions than striker right now. 
I'm not saying that the like we're, we don't have a surplus of great strikers, but we have people filling seats, is what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Well, shall we go to odds and ends? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get our diplomacy hats on, and it looks Ooh. like uh, Qatar is in the news not only because they're oddly joining UEFA World Cup qualifying. Um, now, and, and for anyone that didn't hear this news, they, they're they going to go in, it looks like, most likely Ireland's group uh, to join the UEFA World Cup qual- qualifying stage. If you weren't aware, the World Cup is in Qatar, and Qatar is automatically qualified. So it, it doesn't matter how they perform, uh, but it does get them pretty good experience. So, And I just don't see how, like, I don't get it. I just don't get why they just can't compete in their confederations qualified like the AFC, but I, I just don't understand. Um, that's one thing I'm not, you know, they're, I would never imagine that FIFA would be uh, corrupt in any way. So this is probably a very clean deal. Oh, I'll do you one better. Greg. I don't think UEFA would be corrupt. That doesn't even no, make yeah, sense. No, like, not, at no. not at all. UEFA uh, working with Qatar. What? No, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next news with Qatar is them and Saudi Arabia are trying to become friends. Yeah, there's there's some sort of inklings of a diplomacy deal being hammered out between the two countries. It's weird beef anyway, because like there's there, like in the Middle East, I don't know. I don't think Saudi Arabia, Qatar really like should be enemies at this point. They both can help each other out. But I'm not a diplomat. So I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So apparently that's on the cards. And Greg, I didn't put this in there, but I guess we should mention it because it is it's worth mentioning. This has spurned some rehashed talks around takeover stuff. We mentioned, I think, last week uh, that uh, that news came out that the Saudi bit led group is still has plans for a January window, like what they would do in a January window if that were to happen. Um, but just kind of some re re some affirmation, I would say that we do know now that Mike Ashley is not seeking uh, any sort of monetary compensation through arbitration. He is seeking this deal to be pushed through, according to Shields Gazette. Um, apparently, uh, him and his legal team have been working for the last few weeks, building their case, blah, 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 trying to bring down the hammer. Uh, most recently, again, this is all we have to talk about this, so I'm sorry to all of our listeners who are tired of hearing about this, but we would also get hate mail, hate mail, if we didn't talk about the takeover because it's that polarizing. But uh, MPs have been involved. The government's been involved. Like, I don't know. It just feels like if it's going to get pushed through, like, I wouldn't be surprised at this point um, because, like, it just seems like all the cards are kind of coming into play. It, but I, it's definitely lost the excitement. And I'm saying this being someone who's expecting this to fail, expecting all of this to not go through. But also, like, it's been so long since we had the initial pod. Greg and I planned a takeover pod and got, like, high-profile guests and everything to, like, yeah. come on. And just, like, that was literally over a year ago. That was mm. – no, it was about a year ago. No, it was about a year ago. Uh, it was I that happened in January. Okay, I'm yeah. stupid. I thought it happened last January. But it, it feels like two years ago, so no worries. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So that I guess that's all the news. Um, people are, are expecting 
uh, that there's going to be some sort of bombshell between the Prem and Mike Ashley uh, going into January, during January, something like that. I wouldn't get my hopes up if I were a Newcastle supporter. Well, I am a Newcastle supporter. If I were following the takeover closely. But again, you never know. Yeah. Why us? Why does this stuff happen to us? Uh, the next news, we're going to gloss over this very quickly because it was a friendly, yeah. but NUFC women got destroyed by Sunderland ladies. So it was, it was uh, that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> um, it was a friendly. It didn't count. The loan updates, uh, Freddie Woodman is is probably a, a really good goalie. Probably That's what people is. are saying. That's he just got saying. his second straight shutout, and he has nine clean sheets out of his 17 matches. It's pretty pretty good. Um, and going over to Accrington, still injured. To, we have Mo Sangare and Tom Allen there. Both of them are still injured, and it's reported that Sangare is, is, has left. He's back in Newcastle now. Um, Interesting. I don't know. That, that typically means to me that they're just going to recall him, and he's probably just going to rehab the rest of the year. That's what I'm guessing. But Tom Allen's still hurt as well. Um, no idea where Jack Young is for Tranmere. Could tell you. Hasn't been playing. Um, Lewis Cass starting for Hartlepool. Uh, Hartlepool. He got his first assist uh, against Kings Lindtown. They won 2-0. Oh. Um, he got assist on the second goal. Uh, Elias Sorensen's hurt, so he's been out too. Uh, Florian Lejeune is literally making La Liga his bitch. It's great. Uh, he They just played um, Real Sociedad, which is funny because, uh, if you remember, former Newcastle player Mikel Marino plays for Real Sociedad. So it's very easy to forget he even exists. Um, Yoshinori Muto could not get on the goal-scoring run. He did score his first goal, but uh, he played in the next match, but it was 0-0 draw. And Kellen Watts is still doing great, and Jake Turner is doing average goalie at Morecambe. That's your loan update. That's uh, true. Yeah. The U23s, they drew 1-1. Uh, they're still not doing well um, in their last match. I don't even remember. Oh, I think it was Sheffield. I can't remember. But yeah, everything else is normal. Hey, real, real quick for... question for you, uh, okay. Greg. Uh, it was Sheffield. Um, it's re- yeah, okay, good. Uh, regarding Florian Lejeune, um, is, is Florian Lejeune like, it, I don't know. I, I can't get a read on like how I should feel about him doing well in La Liga. I feel like it's, I'm of the camp of, I'm not upset that we let him go on loan uh, because I feel like we had competent people there. And it obviously wasn't a great situation for him last season at Newcastle uh, when we had the same, the same number of center backs that were performing at like literally the same level. Like Fernandez was Fernandez. He made his mistake every so often. Cher was Cher. Like it was the same situation but Florian Lejeune was not really getting the playtime he needed in order to get back to his, his former self. But there's a lot of Newcastle fans that are pissed that we let him go out on loan. And I don't should I be mad that he's out on loan and doing well in La Liga? And I think part of it is definitely heightened by the fact that his contract does run out in June. So I don't know. I, I just want to hear your thoughts because he's he's killing the game over there. 
Yeah, I knew he was going to. I knew it. Um, he was dominating La Liga when he left to join Newcastle. It's true. And he was at Ibar, and where Muto is. And now he's at Deportivo Alaves, and he's doing the same thing that he did before we signed him. So I, I don't think he's going to get – I'd be shocked if he stayed there. I, I think he's going to go to I, – I, I think we're going to lose him. I think he's just going to go to a bigger club. I really yeah, do. I could he's, see him going to a bigger is, club in Spain. Yeah, I could see him going to like a Real Betis or a you know Real Madrid. No, um, like I, I yeah, I, I guess so Sevilla. Yeah, or Valencia. Yeah, there's a few, but I mean, yeah, I think we should have held on to him. I when we we announced he was going on loan, I thought that was silly. That was dumb. And, and part of it is definitely a bias from Steve Bruce because it's like Steve Bruce is clearly has a player that he, he, he fancies, especially on the back line. Like he wants those guys who have done it in the Premier League and done it well. And I guess he really just hasn't seen the tape on Florian Lejeune because Florian Lejeune has done it in the Premier League and done it well. But I mean, like LaSalle's, it's a tough situation because LaSalle's is a good captain, but LaSalle's is just not the best. He's not, if you look at the, the rankings of center back, he's just not in the top two at Newcastle right now um, based on ability. So it makes it tough um, for Steve Bruce. And then, of course, Steve Bruce doesn't want to play three in the back because he's incapable of playing three in the back in his expansive format. So it's like, it's just, I, I understand that this just may not be the right manager for Florian Lejeune. Um I would, I'd love for him to stick around. Um, if you were giving me the option between Lejeune and Cher, I'd have to probably go Lejeune. I just think he's a, he's a better defender than Fabian Cher uh, and has the same ability to play balls that are Hollywood balls. So, I don't know. Yeah, and, and how thoughts. many players can score two goals in a minute and five seconds? It's true, and uh, yeah, and like, and and both of those players, I think, are better than Karen Clark. I think Karen Clark is underrated, but I also think Karen Clark is like not like he he's a traditional center back, in which Steve Bruce likes. He's not like flashy on the ball. He's going to get the job done, but at a time at a team with a team with like no offensive sense of like Newcastle, like if you can have more players that can do things on the ball. The, like that's that's always better for you because like there's no direction from the top down as to how to play football. So if you have players that can do it on their own, then like that's always a good sign. So your Florian Lejeune and Fabian Cheers are great for Newcastle. Yeah. Cool. Well, you got anything else? Nope. Let's do this then. That's going to conclude episode 158 of CHN Radio. We got a big match on Saturday. Cheer up the lads. Uh, but we'll miss you until then. We'll give you a recap pod of that match and then your next week's weekly show. Uh, so sayonara. We out. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That's the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsom. The best song in the world coming home, Newcastle. Let's get three points. We'll see you soon. And away the lads. I'm coming home, 
to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're body and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how are I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door he plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. The dog is in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river tide I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how are I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown 